0: yes oh yeah what is up my beautiful family like for real for real for real for real for real i've been waiting i've been studying heart rehab is over is there anybody who feels as though you know what heart rehab for me was just a life changer not a game changer because we're not playing games with the gospel but it was a life changer it changed my life and if that is the case I hope that you are ready for this new series that we are launching on tonight entitled Pressure. Pressure. Now, I need to let you know this this particular series is going to have some meat, so I hope you got some (laughs) teeth. I hope you could chew because there's going to be some meat that we have to unpack for this particular conversation that we are going to be in for the next several weeks. And the goal is to close this series out before we have our first in-person service on June the 7th. I hope to see you in the house, and yes, we will also have online as well, so you don't need to keep emailing. You don't need to keep asking, what about us in New York? What about us in Chicago? What about us over here in New Zealand? We still are going to do online for everybody, because the gospel's for everybody, right? Are y'all ready? I am ecstatic about this word on tonight. Our foundational text, I'm going to come from the gospel of Matthew. The gospel of Matthew chapter 11. I'm going to start my reading in the New International Version, and then I'm going to read the exact same passage of Scripture in the Eugene Peterson Bible, the Message Bible, the exact same verse. If this is your first time, let us know. I'm a first-timer. If you have been watching every single week, say, I've been here, I am present. Take a screenshot, tag us, let us know where you are in the world, and I'm ready to be a waiter. I'm ready to serve you. So the Gospel of Matthew The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. The same passage of Scripture just in the Message Bible, verse 28. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it, okay, Lord. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heaven heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll live, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. A clause of concern. And the verse that is going to be the backdrop for tonight's preaching presentation as we begin this sermonic journey resides in verse 28, when Jesus says, come to me. Come to me, all of you who are weary and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus, Jesus is saying, okay, all of you who are tired all of you who are exhausted everyone who is physically mentally emotionally and even relationally exhausted to such a degree to where you like God if you ran out of husbands just say that Just say that. If you ran out of husbands, if you ran out of loyal kingdom women, just say that. If you ran out of people who won't stab me in the back and then tell the world that they're the ones bleeding, just say that. If that is you, all of you who are stressed, all of you who are pandemic burned out, all of you who are pressured, pressured by bills and pressured to perform and pressured to get it right, and pressured by your mistakes, and pressured by your platform, and pressured as a parent, and pressured as a leader, and pressured as a father, and pressured as a mother, and pressured as a son, and pressured as a sister. All of you who are pressured, stressed, come to me where your soul may find rest. It's almost as if Jesus is suggesting that there is a rest. It's it's almost as if Jesus is suggesting that there is a rest for your soul, that there, there is a comfort, there is a clarity that can only be found in me. When you were born, there was this void in your soul. There's a rest that that is going to need. There is a comfort that you're going to need. There is a clarity that you're going to need for your life, and it can only be found in me aren't you tired of living in a fog aren't you tired of living in a fog I am the only one who knows how to clear the haze I'm the only one who knows how to clear the haze so let me separate you from that so that you could discover rest in this did y'all hear what I just said let me separate you from that so that you could discover rest in this but here's the problem so many of us are mislabeling separation as loneliness so many of us are mislabeling separation as loneliness loneliness is not you being alone it's you believing that nobody cares I've said this so many times loneliness is not cured by company it is cured by calling You are not alone for the purpose of being isolated. You aren't just in isolation. This is a season of transformation. I'm talking to somebody. This is the season of transformation. This is where you get your wings. You are not alone. You are not lonely. You have been separated because you've been praying and asking for me to give you rest. You've been praying and asking for God to give you pre- peace. You've been praying for me to give you understanding, so I have separated you for the purpose of giving you inward stillness. This is not punishment, for, this is not punishment from your flaws. This has nothing to do about what you did, but it has everything to do with what you must do. Did you hear me? This has nothing to do with what you did, but it has everything to do. With what you must do. Are you tired? Exhausted? Stressed? Let me separate you. Because pressure, pressure stresses you. But, but purpose stretches you. Did you catch that? Pressure stresses you. But, but purpose stretches you. The season of separation is for two reasons, for reintroduction and for revelation. This is the season when I am reintroducing you to health, because what you thought was healthy is actually unhealthy, and all the advice your friends gave you, this is why some of us need a new circle, we need a new community, because friends always extend to you their diet, That is a whole word. Friends always extend to you their diet. I want you to have health on the inside, not an appearance of health for social media, but compromise in private. Here we go. I'm just an intro. I I want you to have true health, health on the inside. I want you to win within. I want you to have health on the inside, not an appearance of health that you post on the gram. Not an appearance of health that you post on YouTube, but then compromise in private. Because spiritual decay happens one compromise at a time. I want you healthy on the inside. And this is confirmation for somebody watching this message already. The Holy Spirit has been beckoning for you to fast. Whoever you are, I'm talking to you, you're like, I think I should fast. Girl, I need to fast, bro. I need to fast. The Holy Spirit, for weeks, for days, for some of us months, has been beckoning for you to fast, has been beckoning for you to develop a prayer life. This is not insomnia. This is an invitation. This is God said, okay, you spend all your energy during the day on Netflix, on Facebook, talking to other people, Kiki Keen in that dude's face, Kiki Keen in that girl's face. You spend all your energy elsewhere. So now while it's quiet, while you're trying to sleep, it's not insomnia, it's an invitation for you to get up and pray. We need to talk. This, This this is confirmation for somebody. This is why I need you to binge sermons. I need you to get the word in your heart. And I need you to get the word in your mind. How does a young man keep his ways pure? By living according to the word. You can't live according to the word if you don't know the word. How have I hit the word in my heart? I got to constantly feast on it. I got to constantly feed on it. I got to constantly listen to it. Because the Holy Spirit is like, listen, you, 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 you have some friends around you that are toxic. I need you to be surrounded by kingdom people. I need you to have divine fountains versus demonic drains. This is so good, y'all. This is so good. I'm not punishing you. I'm trying to develop you. And one of the most powerful ethics, one of the most powerful ethics that we could possess as heaven's billboard is to give our assignments the healthy version of us versus the on fumes version of us. I must be, please hear me, I must be spiritually nourished if I want to externally flourish. But we have this thing so backwards, y'all. We rather externally flourish. (laughs) We rather externally flourish while our spirit man is malnourished. This is why there has been this static in your soul. I'm preaching to somebody. This is why there has been this static in your soul, this tension in your soul, this blaring alarm in your soul. Because it is the Holy Spirit letting you know your spirit man is crying out, I am unfed. I am not being edified, Edified. I'm not being strengthened, I'm not being challenged, obedience is not being followed. And the Holy Spirit is saying, listen, I need you to live a life of repentance. And what is repentance? Repentance is chopping down the tree of our rebellion and begging for God to pluck up the roots. I need, I need to understand that the season of separation is for reintroduction. And for revelation. Because revelation is the mother of clarity. Did you hear me? Revelation is the mother of clarity. And and whenever we live life without having clarity, we risk longing or going back to the very thing that broke us. I separated you. I separated you from that. So that you could find Peace and rest in this. All of you who have been stressed out, I've separated you from that so that you can get rest in this. I've separated you so that I could bring you closer to me. The reason why Pluto is so frigid, I understand astrologers are saying it's no longer a planet, but you're going to get my point. The reason that Pluto is so frigid and so cold is because it's so far from the sun. And the reason Mercury is blazing hot is because it's so close to the sun. Because proximity determines temperature. Here's a question for you. Does your faith have a fever? (laughs) Does your faith have a fever? Or does your faith have shivers? Because you're so cold. And I'm praying that God uses this series to cause our faith to be blazing hot. No more Pluto faith. I want to be like Mercury. Can I get somebody to put in the room, set me on fire, Lord. Set me on fire. All-consuming fire. Set me on fire. Burn up anything in my life that is not like you. Set me on fire. Pressure. 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 And here's the thing about pressure. Pressure is not always confined to sin or performance or betrayal. Sometimes pressure can find its way in your purpose. Like right now, the pressure to make sure that part one of this brand new series is good. Pressure. The pressure to promote where people could know about the series. Pressure. The pressure to preach a good word where people could be edified and grow. Pressure. 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 But here's the thing. Pressure stresses you. But purpose stretches you Hmm. now remember as I was studying for this particular series and this this message on tonight God asked me a question and I'm not one to throw around the God card a lot but I know God asked me this question because number one I never heard it before and number two Jerry don't talk to himself like that like I talk to myself I feel like y'all just judged me Is anybody, you want to leave me out here, you talk to yourself? Could you, like, do a hand raise emoji? Like, I talk to myself. I talk to myself. You do? I do, too, Jerry. It's okay to talk to yourself. You only are crazy if you start responding. (laughs) Like, you can talk to yourself and be like, man, where my keys at? You can talk to yourself and say, I'm hungry, but when you start, girl, you should go to Subway. Oh, I should. Yes, you should. They have a number four. Heard about that new turkey club sandwich. You should get that. You think I should get that? You really should. That's when it's kind of like (laughs) cray-cray. So... This this particular question that I know the Lord was speaking to me, maybe later on this year we'll do a mini series called Voices because you have to be able to know God's voice so that you can follow pathways versus falling into potholes. But, But anyway, he asked me this question. He said, Jerry, how do you live life being stretched without being stressed? Because the reason you were born, the reason that I cosmically created you, the reason everybody watching this message, the reason you still have cardiac activity at this very moment is because you have a purpose. And purpose is for the purpose of stretching you. So how do you as a man of God, how do you as a kingdom man, how do you live a life where you're constantly stretched but never be stressed? Because stretching is for expanding. Stressing is exhausting. See, now listen, this is powerful because if parents, leaders, and even pastors don't know how to differentiate between stretching and stressing, I could end up stressing people out, but I'll never see the need to change. I'll never see the need to adjust my leadership style. I'll never see the need to be held accountable because I will think they just can't handle being stretched. That's why they left. And the real reason is, no, we don't like being stressed. <laughs> I don't like being stressed. It should not be this stressful to be married to you. It should not be this stressful to follow Jesus. It should not be this stressful to be in purpose. But watch this the reason that stress is arriving at our heart is because stress always reveals the battle of wheels. You know why your marriage is so stressful? Because you have a will, and your spouse has a will, and God has a will, and they're all different. You know why the church is so stressful? Because the pastor has a will, the pews have a will, and God has a will, and they're all different. Anytime there is a war between wheels, there will be stress. There will be stress. I'm going to give you Bible. I'm going to give you Bible. Look at this. Luke, Luke chapter 22, verse 39, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet, not my will. Somebody put in the room, not my will. Not my will. Not my will. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. And an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him and being in anguish and as I was breaking down the word anguish I said and being stressed and being in anguish and this particular moment being stressed he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground now you got to understand Luke is a physician so for him to identify, okay, he, he's, he's praying so hard. It's like, like sweat that has fallen to the ground. If you actually research it, I explained this before. It is a medical condition called hermodidrosis. It's when you are under so much stress and so much pressure and so much agony that blood vessels actually begin to rupture near your follicles and you begin to sweat blood. Now, granted, if you think about it, In this moment, Jesus is about to take on the weight of the world. So the amount of agony that he was feeling in that moment makes total sense. And as I begin to think about it, when he began to sweat, I wondered did Jesus look down and see his blood sweating? And it was actually God answering his prayer in that moment. My will is for you to shed your blood. Let's go, let's go a little deeper. Matthew 26, verse 38. Same scenario, different gospel. Verse 38. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will. One more time. Put it in the room. Not my will. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch for with me for one hour? He asked Peter, verse 41, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing. Look at this. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, The will of the Spirit, the will of the flesh. Verse 42, he went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying, the same thing. That right there is confirmation for somebody who feels like you're annoying God. Who feels, like, who feels like Jesus is tired of hearing about me asking for this. Right here we see in the text, Jesus is asking the same thing. I want you to notice this. In this moment Jesus, fully God and fully man in this moment, there is a battle of wills. My will is, God if there's any other way if there's any other way to do this, please, let's do that. That's my will. But, but nevertheless, not my will, but, but your will be done. You have to understand, Jesus is about to drink the cup of God's wrath. All of sin past present, and future. He is going to have on his body and it's going to be weighed on him, nailed to a cross. He's going to be beaten so severely. What Isaiah says, he was unrecognizable as a man and he's going to be separated from his father and he's going to hang on the cross and cry out, Eli, laba, Sabathani, my God, why have you forsaken me? If there's anything I could do to not go through that, God, I would prefer that. And I'm seeing right here in this text, y'all, so powerful. I'm seeing the anguish always happens when we're fighting and we're trying to surrender our will to the Spirit's will. Maybe the reason you're so stressed out is because your will and God's will are at war. This is so good, man. Maybe, maybe you're so stressed because God's will is for you to be kind. Your will is for you to cuss them out. God's will is for you to turn the other cheek. Your will is for you to tell them a piece of your mind. God's will is for you to practice purity. Your will is for you to get you some. And so I'm physically stressed out. No, your wheels are at war. Your wheels are at war. And Jesus is teaching us how do you have stress reduction? It's not in weed. It's not in alcohol. It's not in the club scene. Everybody who's looking for rest, come to me. And then I was able to answer the question that I feel God asked me. How do you live a life of being stretched without being stressed? Live surrendered. So God, in this moment. Would you, would you, this isn't just an introductory prayer for the sermon, but God, would you convict our hearts so that our hearts could be hearts of surrender? Maybe some of us, somebody watching this message is stressing unnecessarily because they don't want to surrender. They don't want to tap out. And in this moment, God, we're saying we surrender. We're saying we give up. Even if you're watching me right now, would you just lift your hands? God, this is the the sign saying I don't have nothing. I'm not fighting back anymore. I'm not trying to resist anymore. I'm not complaining anymore. I surrender because when I live life fighting, I'll live life stressful. Help us. To live surrendered lives In Jesus name we pray And everybody who agrees with that prayer Would you put in the room Amen Amen Jesus Jesus is revealing to us The secret How do I live life Well, I'm stretched But I'm not stressed I must live surrendered I must live surrendered And maybe You're so stressed out because your will <laughs> I feel like this has hit somebody all in the throat all in the esophagus your will and God's will stay at war and it's stressing out your spirit man we're starting a brand new series on tonight entitled pressure 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 the, the, the purpose of pressure is twofold it is for transformation and once again revelation the pressure And the heat on carbon produces diamonds. That is pressure that comes with transformation. But then the pressure of discomfort, which caused an individual to walk away. Oh, that pressure brought forth revelation. (laughs) It revealed you thought that this was a person that was permanent. But pressure showed you this is a person that is situational. It just takes the right amount of pressure on a certain situation. It just takes the right amount of pressure provided from a pandemic to reveal this person has not been ordained for your destiny. But here's the encouragement. Your destiny is never tied to who left. Pressure. Pressure. Pressure is used for transformation. And it is also used for revelation. The pressure Of a closed confined space, that a caterpillar endures activates the metamorphosis of it becoming a butterfly. That that pressure, that pressure, had transformation attached to it. But then another caterpillar who goes into a cocoon, the pressure of that cocoon—you thought it was going to come out as a butterfly, but it came out as a moth. That pressure brought forth. Revelation. See, this is why I told us back in November. This is why I was trying to get us to understand back in November, compatibility is season-based. Don't go off of that. You guys can be compatible for the season of your struggle. This corporation could be compatible with the season of your struggle. You could be compatible because y'all both share the same dysfunction. You could be compatible because this church shares the same dysfunction. We are compatible in the same area. We share the same views, and so we end up sharing hearts. But what happens if you heal? When you heal, you will remove what y'all had in common. And I want us to be so secure and I want us to know who we are in God so much so and I want us to know him as Jehovah Jireh your provider to where even though I don't understand what God is doing I trust where he has taken me even if God doesn't take me to the next open door and he places me in the hallways I have learned how to transition hallways into praise ways I have learned how to transition waiting rooms into praise rooms because if it was God's will for me to go beyond that door he would have done it by now or if there's something that he needs to teach me he will teach me I want us to understand that so that we don't end up feeling guilty because they're crawling but we have wings pressure 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 two caterpillars are compatible until both of them experience the pressure of being cocooned one will come out a butterfly and the other will come out a moth moths are nocturnal butterflies are diurnal what does this mean one likes the dark and the other one is a child of the light this is why i have to have this revelation because some people only like the dark version of you (laughs) this is why the more you surrender the more it gets stressful because they're compatible with the dark version of you. I thought you would be a moth too. Let, let me get back to my notes. I, <laughs> pressure. 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 Pressure is inevitable. But transformation, that's optional. Did you hear me? Pressure, we're all going to experience it. Pressure is inevitable. But transformation, that, that's optional. I want to speak around this thought for this subject For part one of this brand new series, I'm stressed out. (laughs) I'm stressed out. Can I get everybody to put this in the room? It's confession time. There's just some things I want to show you and we're done. Confession time. I want everybody to put this in the room in all caps. Can I get you to say, God, help me to live a life of being stretched. And not being stressed, I surrender. Everybody, one more time, put it in the room. God help me to live a life of being stretched and not being stressed. I surrender. I I surrender. Church family, the pulse of this series, the the, the cadence of this sermon on tonight is I want to provide us with an epiphany. I, I want us to have a theological understanding on why both heaven and hell desire to sit on the throne of your heart and emotions. And once you have this theological understanding that purpose stretches you, you'll stop running from discomfort. Did y'all hear what I just said? I want you to have this theological understanding that, that purpose comes with stretching and understanding that truth will cause for us to stop running from discomfort the miraculous doesn't happen in comfort zones metamorphosis doesn't happen in comfort zones evolution doesn't happen in comfort zones spiritual intelligence is not cultivated in comfort zones Oh, I feel like God is talking to somebody and he's saying, listen, I want to take you deeper. I want to take you to another depth. I want to take you to another height. I want to take you to another realm. You're used to milk, but right now I want to give you some meat. I want to take you to another atmosphere. I want to take you to another level. I want to take you to another place, but it's going to require for me to stretch you. And I think the question that the Holy Spirit wants me to keep on echoing throughout this sermonic journey on tonight is will you? Let me stretch you. Will you let me stretch you? Because I'm a God that I'm not unfamiliar with stretching. I'm not unfamiliar with that. I stretched my arms out and told the winds to shut up, and they obeyed me. Stretching is not unfamiliar to me. I stretched open my arms with opening arms and love to hug the returning prodigal son. Being stretched... that's that's not unfamiliar to me. I told the man that had a hand of leprosy to stretch out his hand so that I could heal it and restore it back to its original state. Stretching is not unfamiliar to me. I stretched out my hand and grabbed Simon as he was drowning and going underwater because he took his eyes off me for a few moments. Stretching is not unfamiliar to me. I stretched out the heavens like a curtain and put the stars in their place and know every single one of by name stretching it's not unfamiliar to me and oh I stretched out my arms and had spikes nailed in my hands so that I could be your redeemer stretching it's not unfamiliar to me the question is is stretching unfamiliar to you I cannot God I feel this y'all I cannot bless you unless I could stretch you Woo. Preach Holy Ghost. So many of us are praying. God bless this. God bless that. But God has said, I need to stretch this. I need to stretch that. I cannot bless you without stretching you. And if you don't understand that this is the methodology of God and this is the groundwork of purpose to be stretched, you will always mislabel it as being stressed. Lord, have mercy. When I stretch you, sometimes you're going to lose some things. Because you do know I'm the God of lost and found, right? (laughs) You do know I'm the God of lost and found. Yeah, I'm going to stretch you to live for me. And that might make you lose him. Oh, but you found me. Yeah, that might make you lose her, but you found faith that might make you lose it, but you found joy that might make you lose your life. But you now have life in Christ because Jesus says any man who seeks to save his life will lose it. But any man that seeks to lose her life for my sake will find it. I'm the God of lost and found. <laughs> I'm the God of lost and found. You can never break a man with anything horizontally. When he is sustained vertically, there is nothing in the life, nothing in this life that could break a woman horizontally if she is sustained vertically. I know you want me to bless you, but will you let me stretch you? And if you don't know that this is the groundwork and the framework of purpose, you will always mislabel stretching as stressing. This is so powerful, y'all. Man, I hope you're getting this. I hope you're getting this. This is why it's so dangerous for you to live in your feelings. Because when you're being stretched, God doesn't consider how you feel. (laughs) God wants you to submit your will, bars. That didn't even rhyme on purpose. When you're being stretched, God doesn't necessarily care how you feel. It's all about you carrying out his will. Stretched stretched, stretched. This is why it's so dangerous for you to live in your feelings. One of the worst places that you could ever live, one of the worst, please hear me, one of the worst places that you could ever have listed as your place of residence is for you to live in your feelings. I don't know how many times I said this, Tracy, but feelings are wonderful servants, but they are terrible masters. And when you live in your feelings, hell will make sure that it becomes your mailman. So that I could keep on intentionally and consistently sending packages your way that hopefully can react, that can hopefully cause you to be reactive and impulsive. I'm hoping I can get you to engage in self-sabotaging behavior. That's why I want you to live in your feelings. It is an assassination attempt on your joy. I have never in my life met so many people who claim to be Christians that do not have joy. I have never met so many pastors that do not have joy. You on the intercessory prayer team, sermon after sermon, we've had conferences, we've had revivals, we've had summits, but you still don't have joy. And I understand it now, I get it. the warfare of hell. I believe this with my whole heart, y'all, on hell's syllabus. One of its objectives is to make sure the Christ follower does not have joy. So you 're blessed, but you feel cursed, because I've constantly caused you to live in your feelings, and when you live in your feelings, I can cause you to react impulsively. I can't stop. What God is doing. I can't. I can't stop what God is doing in your life. Oh, but if I can get you to be reactive to the storm, if I can get you to be reactive and impulsive to the flirtatious text, I'm talking, if I can get you to be reactive to the comment section, then maybe you'll exhibit character that does not match your giftedness. Because, yes, your gift makes room, but your character makes residence, and nobody wants to eat a five-star meal off a trash can lid. So it doesn't matter how good you can sing, boo-boo. It doesn't matter how good you can preach, boo-boo. It doesn't matter if I can get you to disqualify yourself by getting for you to be impulsive and reactive. Yes, you'll have the gift, but you won't have the ear of the audience you're supposed to reach because they remember you cursing somebody out. Ah, is this too real? I understand it. It is an assassination attempt on your joy so that you'll be saved, sealed, filled with the Holy Ghost, but miserable. Won't have joy. Won't have joy. He wants you to be reactive so that your joy can be subtracted. I don't know why we rhyming like this tonight. I don't even know why we're doing this. He, he, want, he, wants, he wants you to be reactive so your joy can be subtracted so what the enemy attempts to do, if I could highlight the discomfort of them being stretched, they'll say following Jesus comes with too much stress. So the discomfort that you're going to feel because God is stretching you, if I could highlight that, you'll say this is too stressful. So you'll pray and you'll say, God, I want to live under an open heaven. God, I want you to rain down on my ministry, rain down on my marriage. And God will do it. But the enemy will highlight the discomfort of the mud. Yeah. I'll pray and I'll say, God, I need you to be a protector. I need you to help me, God. Let me see your rainbow, which is a covenant sign that you'll never let me drown. And so what happens is the enemy then will highlight the discomfort. These animals stink on this ark. And you've been on this art for days. You keep getting splinters in your foot. I'm going to highlight the discomfort of you being stretched. You'll say, God, I want to be a world changer. I want to change the world for your glory. And so then the enemy, what he'll do is he'll highlight the discomfort of critics. Hopefully, the criticism can cripple you. Can I tell you all something? The only way you won't be criticized And the only way you could avoid criticism is by avoiding production. Don't do nothing. (laughs) That's the only way you could avoid it. And And they still may talk about you. Don't do nothing. Don't do nothing. Don't birth nothing. Don't say nothing. Don't tweet nothing. Don't upload nothing. Don't publish nothing. Don't write nothing. Don't record nothing. And even that, they still may talk. So why don't you just go ahead and go all out for the king? Just just go ahead and go all out for the king. And sometimes we get in trouble because we live a life of haste. We live a life of haste. All right? I want you to see a few scriptures. I have some points and I'm done. First scripture, Proverbs 19, verse 2. It says, desire without knowledge is not good. And whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. Wow. Wow. Proverbs 21, verse 5. It says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Three things I want you to consider. Number one, could it be you're stressed because you're mislabeling being stretched? Number two, could it be you're stressed because your will and God's will are at war? God's will is for you to Sabbath. You have this philosophy. I'm going to grind. I'm going to grind. I'll rest when I'm dead. That's not kingdom. That's not kingdom at all. God's will is for you to rest, to Sabbath. And number three, could you be so stressed because you live life in haste? You're stressed due to you constantly paying the subscription of urgency. Urgency. And mental management, please hear me, mental management comes when we unsubscribe from the channel of urgency and discover the speed that God has set for the lane of my evolution. Did y'all hear what I just said? Mental management happens when I unsubscribe from the channel of their urgency and I discover the speed that God has set for my evolution. Because everybody's assignment is different. Stress trains you to focus on the problem. And whatever you focus on will be magnified. Which is why David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. That means help me to make big. If I focus on my problem, I'm going to make my problem big. If I focus on what I don't like, I'm going to make that big. But if I focus on magnifying the Lord, I'm going to make him big in my life life. Stress trains you to focus on the problem. Faith trains you to focus on the, pro- on the promise and your assignment. And everybody's assignment goes at different speeds. This is why emulation is dangerous. It's dangerous three reasons. Emulation is dangerous because you could end up going a speed that will exhaust you or delay you. When I'm trying to be like them, They may be able to go at a pace that is too fast for me. And so the reason you're so stressed is because you're trying to keep up with them. Or if you emulate somebody who's going too slow, you can end up being delayed because you can go faster than this. This is so good. Number two, the reason emulation is so dangerous is because you'll never arrive at your divine destination. You'll keep following words that God didn't give you. God could only bless the authentic self, not the copied version of self. All right? Number three, this is so powerful. Emulation is dangerous because your life is restricted to their next move. Let me let that sit for a second. That long enough? Your life is restricted to their next move. So your progression is tied to their progression. Are they moving? They're not moving? I'm not moving. Emulation. (laughs) Stress reduction is tied to your ability to discern what thought you choose to believe. What will you choose to believe? Your inner critic, hell, or the word of God. Okay? Stress reduction can be identified in purpose because purpose helps you to decipher. Jerry has arrived to this place that I understand the fastest way for me to burn out is by me trying to fix a problem that I'm not assigned to. Yes, it's a problem. It's just not mine. (laughs) We are many members of one body. I can't solve every problem. Some of us are so stressed because you're trying to solve problems that aren't yours. That's their problem. That's not you being cold. That's not you being mean. That's you exercising soul care. Just because it's a problem does not mean it's my responsibility. Purpose is a fixer, and it is my job to fix the problems that I have been called and ordained to fix. And the reason why you keep on trying, the reason why you keep on getting frustrated is because you keep on trying to fix a relationship, or you keep on trying to fix somebody's focus, or you keep on trying to fix somebody's perspective, and that is not your job. I'm trying to help somebody. Let's, let's end with this. Let's end with this most of us have been taught that coal produces diamonds I was kind of shocked too as I was studying this that's not necessarily true I blame Superman y'all remember when Superman was on the planet Krypton and he had these coal and he crushed it they they became diamonds and this this philosophy has been passed on I remember being taught this in science yeah it comes from diamonds It's not true. Google it if you don't believe me. If y'all look in shock like, what? Google it. Don't pause the sermon yet. You can go back and check it in a second. But (laughs) it's something that really made me think. We've been taught for so long that this right here, you know where you can see it, this produces diamonds. All it needs is some pressure. All it needs is to be crushed. I'm not Superman, so I can't do it, but All it needs is some pressure, and then this will transform in the diamonds. But have you discovered maybe what you're expecting to change is not changing because you already are what you think you're not? Diamonds existed before coal ever did. It takes 1.3 billion years for a diamond to be produced. Rather, if it's an asteroid that hit the earth millions of years ago, or deep down in the earth's crest, carbon, the pressure of carbon and the pressure of the heat that will cause it to come out in in a volcanic eruption, maybe you've been so caught up, disgusted with the ash of your coal, with the coal of your choices, with the cold of your failures, you're thinking, "Man, maybe God will change this. Maybe, maybe, maybe if I start listening, God could do something with this. Maybe, maybe, maybe if I let it go. Maybe if I just let it go, God could do something about this dirt, this ash." And I'm here on the night to let you know, you're already a diamond. You're already valued. You're already loved. You're already wanted you're already desired you're already cherished you're already beautiful but here's the thing dirty diamonds I don't know if it's really going to come off on here dirty diamonds look like coal pressure makes diamonds washing reveals diamonds which is why we need the word to wash our minds and I'm preaching so intensely on the night Because I want this word to wash your perspective. Maybe I've been a diamond the whole time and I'm so frustrated with this because I think it's going to produce this. But you have been this the whole time. You've just been taught you're like this. And it's been passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation. So now you're in a place of unlearning. And I came here on the night because I want to challenge you. Are you really stressed out? Are you really stressed out? Or is God stretching you out? And if you find yourself like, yeah, I'm stressed, could it be you're stressed? Because you have a will and God has a will and they're constantly at war. The will of resting, the will of peace, the will of seeking out wisdom. What is your will? And has your will been battling God so much that you're mislabeling stretching and stressing just maybe maybe God is not trying to stress you out he's trying to stretch you out so God in this moment stretch us stretching is for the purpose of expanding expand us Stress will exhaust us. I'll be the first one to admit God is stressful when I try to do my own thing. Because when a man meets Jesus, he can never sin the same again. Help us, God, to understand that you're a loving King. And that we're already valued. And that we're already loved. This does not mean that our calling will not be uncomfortable sometimes. But it does mean you have given us the grace. And you have given us a wonderful counselor and comforter by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.